Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. everyone's fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast i'm your host mark oliver this is episode 237 and we're recording on july 25th 2021 and this show is sponsored by betonline.ag please go to betonline.ag and use code clns50 for a sweet ass sign up bonus we have a huge show it's it's the off season but the news is hot and heavy it's coming in fast so with that being said, I'm going to welcome in my co-host, Heather Ingerson. Heather, what is happening, my friend? Hello, my friend. Um, you know, same old, same old. It's a Sunday. We're here to talk about the Bruins. I know I look a little, do I look a little frazzled? I am. It's having one of those days. Is it only 1230? <laughs> you know, but we're here. We're going to focus. We got a main agenda. You, yes. are you ready to focus on this crazy agenda? I- I am. I am. And what a shocker. It's another weekend day that's raining. So, but I, yesterday was awesome. I had to, I got a chance to use my uh, new cornhole boards that were made by my friend and former Amesbury firefighter, Glenn Fournier, uh, the brother of Larry Legend, Larry Fournier of the Amesbury Maples and Amesbury High School hockey team and Amesbury high school program back in the day. So mm-hmm. I had a uh, an image, but um, apparently my computer is not working very well to show that, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, good week. Uh, busy uh, draft, all all kinds of stuff we're going to talk about in the show. Um, so yeah, I do want to mention one thing before we talk about a show sponsored bet online. Uh, .ag that we are looking for more writers to join our, our uh, blackandgoldhockey.com website. And we're looking for podcasters. If you're interested in, in, in doing a podcast individually or with a group of friends, if it's Bruins related content, we would love to have you. So please send a, uh, a letter, a cover letter and, um, you know, an area that you'd like to cover of the Boston Bruins organization and send it to uh, black and gold productions, LLC at, gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and uh this is a great t- 
time to because it's more or less the downtime. So if, if you're not you don't have strong writing skills, but have a decent uh, idea of topics and so on, we can definitely work with you throughout the off season to get you geared up for the upcoming year. But with that being said, let's talk about show sponsored betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and information on your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, PGA, Golf, the 2021 Summer Olympics, and all your UFC and MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next baseball pitch or gold medal received in the 2021 Summer Olympics, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Heather, we are ready. We are We are going. We're off and running. Let's All right. Do it. All right. Well, we're going to start with a, you had tweeted actually a couple days ago. Someone had forwarded this information to you about a dinner and a comedy night to benefit the Corey C. Griffin Foundation, which is a foundation that helps like nonprofit organizations that help um, underprivileged youth and such like that. Uh, so always a great cause, but it's like a comedy night and it's going to be in Danvers on August 26th. And it's cool. It's got Lenny Clark, Mike Russo, other comedy comedians. The tickets are pretty reasonably priced at $30 to $35. There's also other like auctions and raffle. There's going to be Bruins alumni there and stuff. And I just thought that maybe we'd mention it on the podcast to let people know in the area. Uh, sounds like a good fun night. Um, meet some Bruins alum. Tom and J- Todd and Jilly's going to be there. It just sounds fun. So wanted to yep. mention it. Absolutely. Any fundraiser that's involved with uh, Bruins alumni and comedians and so on is uh, definitely worth a shout out on this program. Yep. So just wanted to mention that. Okay, let's start getting into the stuff. So fun stuff first before we have to get into the real stuff. So happy birthday to Captain Patrice and to Sean Thornton, who had their birthdays this week. Uh, We love Patrice Bergeron, who apparently has spent half his life in Boston because it's been, can't believe, 17 years. Like the kids all grown up. (laughs) <laughs> and uh this is yeah, I just love him so much even like when he like even when he was little it was like you knew like I love this kid I just love him so much I'm so glad we have him and it is and also Sean Thorne even though I know you know he chose Florida as opposed to Boston don't blame he likes his golfing he's one of our favorite <laughs> badasses and once a Bruin always a Bruin you know so that's it. Happy birthday to you, boys. Yes. Happy birthday to St. Patrice and the badass Sean Thornton. Um, hopefully, he, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, Sean's got a, a decent career in, in hockey management, so he might be able to find his way back to Boston. Still has a um, has a place um, uh, in the Boston area, so who knows? Yeah, he loves it up here, but I, I, he was joking when he first went down to, like, well, Obviously, he played there, but then when he went into the management about how it just came down to weather, like it's just yep. that's why he's there instead of here. He loves both places equally or whatever. But yes, we love him. I cannot wait to read that Dale Arnold book with Sean Thorne about yes, him. yes. Shout awesome. out to Dale. Yeah. Been real busy with the bookage. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. He's one of my old faves here in town. All right. 
guess what happened this week? We lost Jeremy Lozon, but we knew we had to lose somebody. But kind of cool, he is was the first official pick of the Seattle Kraken in their draft that we all knew who was getting drafted. We, the only surprise was who was getting drafted in what order, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So, but anyways, Jeremy Lozon, it had to be one of you. But good luck, kid, because things are looking up now. You have a whole new place to maybe keep excelling, keep excelling, do it for us. But love will always be here for you from Boston. <laughs> Yeah, um, intel that I got was uh, that it was it was high. It was going to be highly on on Jeremy Lozon, and and no 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 doubt from from uh, new head uh, new assistant coach Jer- uh, Jeremy Jay Leach, uh, who was the, with the Providence Bruins and saw a great deal of Jeremy's game and and um, production. Uh, developing into um you know a, a pretty decent defenseman so it was it it was between Lausanne and Clifton um and you know like you said somebody had to go and it's unfortunate we do lose the Boston Bruins are do lose a little bit in the uh aggressiveness in his game and so on but um I'm sure that that will be addressed um sometime during the um uh, free agency that's coming up on Wednesday. We'll talk about that more later on in the show. But you know, it's it, it is unfortunate, but um, you know, it's is good on him. Uh, he's going to have a good career, and hopefully, he'll be in that top six of the uh, of the Kraken. So, obviously, best of luck to him. Um, another player that I really enjoyed uh, interviewing as a media member down in Providence and and, and development camps and and training camp and so on. So. Um, and it was, uh, it's actually really cool that his English was getting so much better because he was really thick French accent. And, um, so I'm sure that I'm sure he's going to love the Emerald city. So I know everyone, some people were losing their minds. It was like, we had to lose somebody. Uh, I think everybody would, but in, in the grand scheme, as much as Jeremy Lozon is lovely, like it could have been worse, dude. Like we were very lucky with having so many UFA, RFA. Like we, it helped our situation to protect players a lot better than some other people. Uh, I do think the teams also used this time to shed some cap space as much as they possibly could, get rid of yep. that. But it wasn't that crazy. What was up with the, I mean, you kind of knew it would all get out about the list, but like we need to maybe have those lists in at noon and then get approved by three and then draft at eight. It just, it kind of takes some of the fun out of the sale, especially when you're launching a new market. It just feels kind of. I was thoroughly upset about this. I was looking forward to watching the the festivities from Seattle, um, much like how Vegas did it. And and I, I remember I was on Twitter back when four years ago uh, when Vegas was doing it, and I never saw as and I, well, I'm not saying I never saw it, but maybe it just wasn't there um, about these leaks and so on. But Frank Saravalli was on fire early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, Frank's doing his job. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's just trying to get what's breaking news out there as soon as possible. He's a great reporter, well-respected by me. And I'm not shitting on him at all for what he did. That's just that's just a media guy doing his job. But what what it did for me was like I was just seeing all his tweets come in and in and in, and I'm like, I'm not excited to watch this now. And what does this do for like the ratings of that? I mean, I think they did okay, but I think it would have been better if if nothing was said and word didn't get out. 
Um, but regardless, uh, you know, I did watch, but I wasn't paying any attention to it. Like I would if, if I was like, you know, if I didn't know what was going on ahead of time. So I don't know. It was kind of a disappointing thing, but you know, it was a good, good thing, uh, for Seattle to do that. There was a huge crowd there. Um, the ESPN was, uh, I don't know, man, there's a lot of technical problems so far. And, um, I don't know. At the I, same I just, time, if I'm ESPN, I'm fucking pissed because yeah. what happens is you're trying to make it exciting and launch things regardless of, yeah, they had their own issues that maybe we need to work out before you're in charge of like the winter classic or whatever. Like, kind of yeah, thing. Right. But, um, I would be pissed because what the goal is to try and draw in not normal hockey fans. We're going to want to watch the Seattle draft, even if it's just in the background, just because it's the only happening thing right now this week. It's the most important thing in the hockey world. You know what I mean? In the NHL. But if I'm trying to like sell a product, I'm pissed because half my audience might not show up because they already know what's going to happen. And you can't most certainly can't expect no leaks to happen. And there were leaks during the Vegas draft. But this oh, was like, I, I didn't even see him by by four o'clock. You're you knew everybody, but like what Detroit and L.A. or something were the only ones that weren't in. And it was like, this is kind of not fun anymore. And then I you feel bad for all the people who really like have put their heart and soul into this one moment, this draft launch of the Kraken, making them a real 30 second team and. Just kind of stinks it went down like that. But I don't know. There was nothing really crazy either. Like, uh, I wasn't really surprised. Like, I don't know. It was like an exciting draft, but underwhelming all at the same time. I will say, I will say that Seattle definitely drafted a heavy, heavy defense. Mm. Like, they are not coming. They are not screwing around on that back end to start. And they're not done yet either. Because you know when free agency happens. Because they were smart. They picked players that you could have a ready-made team right now they would you know like they'd at least be a sort of competitive you know they wouldn't look like a joke team but they definitely have a lot of run that when free agency opens up at the end of the week there were some good crazy trades though over the week that i'm just like some of them i was like hmm these seem like a stupid trade but who am i to judge and then some of them right. I was like well damn that's a pretty good deal but anyways jeremy Lozon, nothing but love from your Bruins family, I'm sure going forward. I mean, I he to your credit, Jeremy, no one was like, "Yay, Lozon's gone." So that means you hit everybody in the heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I I even jokingly like may I suggest taking Nick Ritchie. <laughs> 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 but no, firing up the trolls, Heather. Fire I them know, up. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Like, well, I see so much crazy stuff out there. Sometimes uh, you just want to put something that you're not really stirring stuff. You're more like jokingly, like, "Hey, let's pretend create a crisis in Bruins Twitterland because nothing's going on right now." Yeah, this is a nice crazy see. time. It was nice though that Andrew started one that was like, "Drop your favorite Bruin today," like something upbeat. That's not like yeah. I hate Tuco. We have no vote pending, <laughs> and even if Tuco was a robot, he would suck. It's always nice to not. Yeah, say that. like, and you know what's you know what's good about this draft is it's over. This this Seattle draft is over, and we won't. Yeah, you know, hopefully we won't see this again. Um, and I don't think they should. I think that if anything, stop doing relocations, not expansion. Um, you go to your lower markets that are, that are still struggling and move them around. 
But um, this is very confusing for me because I'm more of a I'm more or less a very trendy person that just goes like one way when it comes to hockey. So these expansion drafts, they come in and they, it, that's just a speed bump in my travels because now I have to learn like who's available, who's not, all these rules, all this and that, and and the 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 people that don't understand how to protect and expose that was the biggest struggle for me during this process was you know i put out my list we talked about it on the show and i got feedback well you're an idiot why are you protecting vladar i was like because he's the only goaltender that can be protected right now oh we have this this no the ufas they just didn't understand that and it's and the the argument would continue to go on swayman's better than vladar it's like it's not about who's better it's about who can be protected and who can't. Swayman was uh, ineligible to be exposed or protected. So why do it? It's just dumb. Look, I'm not a contract expert, but it's really not that hard to Google cat friendly or puck PD and just read yeah. the line. Like exactly. I was like, okay, let's, if I'm going to really think about this, let's look. But that's why I went down the UFA rabbit hole. When I started reading that article, I was like, oh no, then maybe I want to protect one of these UFAs just in case. Right. Glad we didn't have to, but like, I just, I don't know. The that's internet it. is your friend, man, and it's, it's mostly at the fingertips, at your fingertips, and it's not hard. These websites, Puckpedia and CapFriendly.com, do a huge amount of due diligence to get the information that you need. Your questions are answered. Even their FAQ page is such a freaking awesome tool for and anybody have, that has yeah. questions. And they have it set up too. Like you just, if you have some semblance of knowledge about what you're trying to look for, like it's, it's easy and clear to read. Like, yeah. I mean, even like with their little symbols, it doesn't take like long you, to scroll down to the key. Yeah. Like you said, we're not experts in all of this. We just do a broadcast that we're talking about our favorite team and so on. So we're, we're not experts in any, any field, but you know, even we go to these places to get our answers because it's just it's just a it's a wealth of knowledge and and I truly appreciate the the hard work that those two websites do. I definitely do because I'm just a hockey fan that what if I could had enough bandwidth to try and be as more expert on things than people are, but true that I'm glad to have websites like this that are night like trustworthy, well documented, you know, researched easy for the average person if you're trying to figure out like okay we have this much cap space this is what we're spending this is what we have left this is what the you know like i just and you can look up everybody else's team too if you're like okay how much yep. am i gonna pay mcavoy mcavoy is gonna make some bank next time that's what oh this my god yes we the brinks truck is gonna be backing up to yeah. his um his locker sure. stall and <laughs> he's gonna be full of cash 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 up. He's never yeah. going to get back to Long Island to see his family because he's the McAvoy backstroke and a bunch of front uh, Benjamins. <laughs> oh, it's frightening me, but that's okay. 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 All right. Speaking of Ben, <laughs> speaking of Benjamins and cat friendly and all this stuff. Hello. Where are we going right here? Right now we're going to a pretty orgasmic place. If you ask me, because <laughs> again, not to reiterate how I wanted Taylor Hall in the draft in the first place and nobody would listen to me and he bounced team to team. And it really was true. And after the whole free agency thing last year, I was like, Oh God, I don't like hearing like we're moving towards progress. No, you are not. I can't trust your word anymore, but true, true, true. Taylor Hall 
brewing six million dollars four years about what we had discussed long ago so i know all the experts like to say that's exactly what i thought but inga called that shit back in march i kept saying it so yep. yay six million i don't know why all these other fools were paying him so much just <laughs> Uh, you know, to be honest with you, let's let's touch on that real quick. Um, I think what I think what he did in Buffalo was you, you obviously you want to get as much money as you possibly can, and Buffalo had the cap space to give it to him. And he was also, I think it was a ploy to like showcase his skills for uh, being the top player in free agency. That you know the next year mm-hmm. or this upcoming year. But you know the trade happened. Don Sweeney pulled out a masterful job uh, getting a second pick and Anders Bjork over to Buffalo, um, and and this time they made it happen. And I, um, I believe that tale. You know, once you listen to his interviews and so on about the contract, it really, I really have a sense that he wants to accomplish something here. I, I mean, every player wants the the wants the, the common goal of winning a cup and so on. But I think that he believes that there is still a core here that can get it done, and he wants to be a part of it. Whether it take this next year, which would be great if it happened, a cup, but let's or maybe three more chances after that. I still think that he's got what it takes to continue to play at a high level in this league, and. Uh, and I'm happy with the cap number. Six million times four, 24 million, not a bad deal at all. Very workable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited. The The one thing I, I heard, and I know Jimmy Murphy of Boston Hockey Now uh, tweeted out that it wasn't a holdup or a snag. It was just his agent trying to, you know, get the finer details out because the news – broke that it was signed but it wasn't official and then people were like well where are we where are we and you know it's all a little bit of confusion and i heard from somebody that it was it was a little bit of a snag on the no movement clause um the uh the taylor hall camp wanted all four years of no movement while the bruins were thinking uh let's do half and if Mm -hmm. you're if you're if your stats uh, and your offensive capabilities start to decline in year three and four, we have the option to move them. But uh, ultimately, it came down the uh, the no movement went all four years, which is it's not a huge deal to me though, because I still think that he's going to provide a valuable service throughout those four years. But you still want to be able to, you know, move him for a piece if needed and get something. Uh, decent back but it is what it is you know if he's not happy here he can always do the wave and and whatever so but still i mean a great piece for the secondary scoring moving forward you know so we'll see what happens but i'm I'm excited to have him here for the next four seasons yeah four years isn't bad at his age he still will be in his you know 34 productive years and i think taylor hall though has come to a real crossroads in his career that how does he want to be remembered you know what I mean? Like he hasn't won a cup. He's been on many different teams. He's won the heart trophy or whatever kind of thing, but also has only been in the playoffs twice or whatever. Like it's a very strange career for a very talented young man. And I, I, I fear people like Jack Eichel are going to be trapped in that cycle too in a few more years of, and do I blame maybe the, the way we draft now? I don't know what it is with these kind of players, but I mean, Taylor Hall has to have a legacy. And if his only legacy comes down to he settled down and helped the Bruins extend their window a little bit and had successful individual numbers, success with the team, I think that will be good enough for him, cup or no cup. But if he continues to be the wandering soldier that just is like so good. And 
that's what I think is interesting too, is, you know, a lot of times people like talk about how people are in the locker room and you've heard like conflicting things about Taylor Hall, right? About things. But I don't feel like if he was that personality or maybe he's become more humble or whatever with age, I don't think that, cause you know that Don Sweeney talked to Patrice Bergeron, Marshawn and you know, whoever before he's like, we're going to ink this deal. Do you have any objections? Speak now or forever hold your peace kind of thing. You know what I mean? Same yeah. thing. If they were coming to him, like you need to get this done. We need him. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, not that it's not always the um, GM and whoever's decision, but in this locker room, the players have a lot of say, you know, more so than in other places. So I'm what, very happy because I love Taylor Hall. So you know what? What I found intriguing about his interviews after the contract was signed was was he was even talking about back in 2010 when he got drafted that he was hoping that the Bruins would select him. And I I, I don't know if that's just – I don't know. I don't know what what that actually means, but if it if it is true, hopefully he's just not saying it because he's a Bruin and so on. But I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go to Edmonton either, you know. But still, yeah. um, I mean, what if he did, and what if the Bruins did select the right Taylor and not Tyler? I can't tell you how happy I would have been all these years. Again, I don't want to bash Tyler Sagan. I understand that he's very popular among certain subsets of our population, a.k.a. Bruins fans. I don't dislike Tyler Sagan. I just, regardless of whether he was young or whatever else, I just... I wanted Taylor Hall and I, maybe I unfairly was mad at Tyler Sagan about him not getting drafted, but you you know, whatever. I, I don't know, but I'm just happy that Taylor Hall is going to be home. And and, And we have a left wing for hopefully David Krejci. I don't know if not, I don't look at him. Still Talk about so that long. later. Probably cool. You'll be but, in the second line center, but we'll see. No. But Taylor Hall, yay, a left wing. Woo-hoo. I do want to give a shout out to blackandgoldhockey.com writer, IT guy, and co-host of the Puck Lines podcast, Andrew Taverna, on the news of um, Taylor Hall signing because that guy was nervous. Mm-hmm. He was well, I'm not sure if this is going to happen and words like flight risk and, and all this stuff was, uh, was coming out of, uh, Mr. Taverna's, uh, tweets, but, um, I'm glad this happened and I'm glad that he, um, he, uh, you know, eased his pain a little bit and I want to give him a shout out too, cause he's an awesome teammate, but he also bought a Taylor Hall jersey through our fanatics banner. So boom, that's just, um, Oh, by the way, I think we, I think we shared like, I think I shared and people bought like five jerseys. So that's really awesome for those people that, that, Thank um, you very much. yeah, you know, those are commission sales. Again, if you go to the black and website and you click on the fanatics banner to the right to do all your shopping, it doesn't have to be just Bruins. You can go through the search engine from fanatics and go to the NHL, NBA, all the sports and shop through there. We stay connected through that link and we get commissioned. So we, Definitely appreciate anything that you guys can do for us as we continue to try to offset our, um, our out-of-pocket costs of uh, running a small sports media company. So I think it's funny with Andrew because sometimes he's ranting things and I'm like laughing because it's just like things that go through my head sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that dude but, is on the Ingo yeah. rabbit hole brain drain. But like, my last, I know my boy Andrew and he's also staring the pot. 
Um, I, I, I was, I don't want to say I was nervous. There's another gentleman I'm a little more nervous about, but I just, it was annoying me when it's like, okay, yeah, I did get signed and they'll probably be announcing it now, this and that. But from people that I trust when they say probably this afternoon, you're going to hear something. And now I'm like, cool, cool. <laughs> And now it's 48 hours later. And then like randomly at seven o'clock at night or whatever, like I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that was right. uneventful that I thought it would be like in there. But it was like the 10 minutes I went to Cumbies or something. I was like, of course, all day I've been sitting here like refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> you know, whatever. Or whatever. That's funny. You know, open it up. But anyways, yay, Taylor Hall. Let's take a moment to be exactly super stoked super stoked I, can't wait i believe in the notes for the agenda says happy happy joy joy happy i did see the old ren and stimpy i love it yeah and if you're not down with ren, ren and oh, stimpy man. you yeah, clearly we're, were probably not a young adult we're or, showing our age <laughs> yeah and, and that some one generation had spongebob my generation had things like beavis and yeah we had beavis and butthead you idiot did you like uh, to buy some rubber nipples I'm sorry. oh my god classic. it's still classic space madness is my favorite <gasps> oh my beloved ice cream bar how oh, i love to lick a creamy santa <laughs> and he's got a bar of soap <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. We're getting off the rails here, folks. Crazy train. I'm literally <laughs> delirious with joy from Taylor Hall to the point yeah. that now I'm not going to be able to stop about thinking about Ren and Stimpy. No, now That's I'm going to, after this, as I'm going to edit this, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch as many Ren and Stimpy shows I'll episodes as possible. I'm Google the happy, happy, joy, joy song. And for those of you who watched Ren and Stimpy, I hope that made you laugh for a second. All right. Yes. Back onto it the season's really happening like a normal season we've got the preseason schedule it is out thought we would uh run down the what the boys are buzzing they're buzzing sorry i was like half like that all right so anyways preseason schedule's out what do we have five games six games what do we got five games sunday september 25th at the Washington Capitals, Tuesday, the 28th of September at the Rangers. We're home on the 2nd versus the Rangers of October, back on the 4th to Philadelphia. And then we played the Capitals at home in the last preseason game on the 6th of October, which is 10 days before our opening day. But we'll talk about that in the next thing. So, yay, there are games. I understand preseason isn't the most exciting thing, but we have, like, real preseason, real, real preseason games. None of this, like, weirdo you know, let's all play each other three times to warm up shit or what, or not have any warm up games at all. Real hockey season. Yay. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm, I'm looking forward to any type of hockey at this point because the, the we're under, I believe 90 days now, 87, whatever. So, um, the, the the, yeah, the faster we get here, um, it doesn't matter to me, but it's going to be imperative to, uh, this Boston Bruins team to get back um, to training and so on. We didn't have a preseason uh, last season because of the, uh, obviously the, um, uh, it was a 56 game schedule and it was pretty much rushed to get it done. So preseason games weren't available. There was uh, like a two week training camp regardless, but um, I think um, playing other teams during a preseason so you can gauge and evaluate what you have on your roster right now and put the pieces together of building a Stanley cup team, hopefully in 21, 22. 
um, it's going to start there. So I'm looking forward to hopefully the televised uh, or live streamed, whatever. But uh, this is this is going to be really good because, um, like I said, it's just a it's a you can play each other all you want, but you're playing your same teammates. I don't believe the intensity's there all the time, but it is there when you do have an opponent to go up against. And, you know, I don't know. It's just um, looking forward to it. I just I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for a full 82. Yeah. Well, scrimmages are important, but you're right. Like it does elevate play. Like scrimmaging amongst yourself is different than scrimmaging against another team. So in an essence, that's what a preseason game is. And also they need to do a lot of skating. They need to be back in shape, you know, like even though they're elite athletes and I'm sure they're working out, like it's still not the same, not doing the repetition of the same movements and the same, whatever. It doesn't take long for athletes. Bodies can like kind of get out of sync. So I think it's good for them to have more. And also if no offense, but if someone's going to blow an ACL, I'd much rather someone have to do that. Not just on my team, but anywhere. If someone's going to sustain an injury, like that's the prime time it's going to happen. So the more I think they have warm and amp up, you know what I mean? It, the less likely you're going to see the major injuries in that first month where it's just like, the first three weeks, it's like there goes a knee, there goes an ankle, there goes a arm or whatever from blocking a shot. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. They, I, who knows about it? It's a, it's a brave new world with new partners in broadcasting. And I don't know. I, I feel like have like I'm sure the Bruins preseason games will get buried on Nesson Plus or something stupid like that, or because right. it will be September. But all right. But also the NHL and the AHL schedules. Uh, I thought that you could do a little seg, you know, we'll start reinstitution. you down, reinstituting your down in the system segment. Now that we'll have the AHLs gearing back up too. But that being said, um, I, before we talk about the Bruins themselves, uh, what do you think about this? We know we got 82 games again and they have the stadium series in there for February. Uh, the Lightning are playing the Nashville Predators. That's in Nashville. But we've got the All-Star break. Again, I'm surprised they didn't skip that. But the All-Star weekend is going to be February 4th and 5th. And we're going to have the Winter Classic. That's actually like a makeup game, right, in Minneapolis. It was supposed to happen this last year. But because of COVID, it did not. Uh, but interestingly, there is the Olympic break tentatively scheduled in there. Yes. But if they don't, then they'll just revamp the schedule. Well, so it, was, was, it a re, was it a revamp or was it just um, let's give the players a break? Because that's what yeah. I heard, too. Well, what I saw was more like they'll revamp the schedule. So I would not, guess that doesn't mean not, a vote. If I'm not mistaken, it's very hard to do a reschedule when you have to plan with arenas. I was I was told that that's going to be a uh, your your break, basically. Yeah. So there's no there's no bye week uh, this year because of that. And um, yeah, I don't I don't think you I don't know about that. That's that's kind of tough logistics right there. That was from that was from the NHL press release that they said they would maybe revamp the schedule based on existing games. So what I would guess is they'll institute the week shutdown. And then they'll try to give some of the teams later. Oh, I see what you're saying. I have a yeah. plan A and a plan B, and yeah. and and work accordingly with arenas. That, and that's what some I of, took out of yeah, because that's hard to do because some some of these arenas share um, 
the same space with like NBA and, and blah, 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 and concerts and all this stuff. So that's not an easy freaking thing to do. But I, I get what you're saying now. It's like you could have a, a planet A and B. Like if you still give them seven days off, but you can play a handful, like every team can get two or three games and that's less compact schedule you have right. after all of that break. I personally right. hope they get to go play the Olympics, but at least the NHL is going through the moments of at least pretending that they care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Cause that's a pretty condensed schedule, but that was from the NHL press release that I just like, okay. was grabbing the dates off of. And it just said that like, revamp. I don't think they meant redo the whole schedule. I just meant maybe they can maybe move some games up or whatever to get, because you also don't want them just sitting around. Like, at least if they go to the Olympics, they're skating and they're doing things and teams are still holding practices. You know, you don't want them to get cold in the middle of the season either because then you have the problem of injuries right before you ramp up for all the exciting TV time. So, that's anyways, true. yeah, so, um, yeah, that seems exciting. But the Bruins, our first game is actually they're opening up at home, which they don't normally do, but they have – one game, they're opening up on Saturday, October 16th. First, the Dallas Stars at the TD Garden at a noon. Well, all of the games say noon right now because I don't think they actually have the start times just right. in case of flexibility. So I said noon, but because it is the TD Garden and it's a Saturday, it might, that might very well end up being like a 12 or a 1 o'clock game anyways. So that one might be true. Then we are going to go on a little road trip. Uh, for Wednesday, we're on the 20th of October, we're going to Philly. Then we're going to Buffalo for the 22nd. Then we come home versus the Sharks on the Sunday. That's our first few games. And it should be noted that the Providence Bruins open up at 7 o'clock on the 16th as their first home game versus Bridgeport. Yes. And if it lines up right, you might be able to watch the bees all day on the opening days and give love to both teams equally. And uh, conceivably then... drive from Providence at the from the dunk to the garden or vice versa for the games. Yeah. Very excited for the American hockey league. As most of you guys know that I'm a huge prospect guy, big AHL guy. And I freaking, I frequent down in, uh, in the Providence area. love that. Love the area. love the dunk um, and try to support the uh, community as much as possible uh, by buying many Rhode Island IPAs and lots of Reuben sandwiches wherever I can get one. So um, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, the, the AHL is going to go down to a 72 game schedule. Uh, it was 76, so they're losing four games, but still it's, um, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, fans in the stands that, I mean, the AHL needs this to happen. And uh, I believe this is going to be a good recovery for them, uh, moving forward, not only in development, but also as business. Yeah. So I'm happy that everything seems to be on course for normal North American hockey. Yeah, and and also um, I I will be talking more Providence Bruins uh, in the upcoming weeks as uh, when free agency happens. So I'll be updating um, some contracts, uh, AHL only contracts. Um, so uh, you get your uh, your AHL Bruins fix here, folks. And obviously follow me on Twitter. I don't mean to be distracted, but the NWHL is having their first international draft today. It's ongoing, and I was just trying to peek to see what nice. was going on. That's exciting. Did Sarah Volley freaking break any news? Huh? Did Sarah Volley break any news on that? Oh, no. No, I did not see any <laughs> leaks before we started recording. But, uh, yeah, so sorry about that. Let me put this down. I don't mean a Connecticut whale. Yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah. Trying to find the Boston Pride's first selection, but we're good. Okay. So, um, 
anyways, uh, Don Sweeney gave a little presser and I was like, oh, good. Why aren't you saying about Taylor Hall? Because everyone said you had the deal done with Taylor Hall. But he did say a few interesting things, some kind of concerning things. But he did extend. They are extending uh, the qualifying offers to Nick Ritchie, everyone's favorite Nick Ritchie. Andre Kasha, everyone's favorite missing Bruin. We don't know where you are, Andre yeah. Kasha. We don't, he's like um the invisible man. Like you know he's there somewhere, but you can't quite see where he's at. Yes. He's at. And your boy Zach Senishin is gonna get um uh I believe two six for Kasha, two for Nick Ritchie, and like seven hundred thousand for Zach Senishin. I could click and look at the notes, but I'm too lazy right now. But I believe that's what the numbers were. Not too bad. Kosh is a little concerning. Go ahead. What do you? No, I, I mean, Nick Ritchie is still a good player. Uh, he had a, he had a decent year last year. Um, and if that translates to an upcoming year, I wouldn't mind having him on the roster if if the money works. And and you know, obviously, he's going to get qualified for what he made last season, um, or a little less, but. Um, I'm not too sure about the logistics of the contract and the qualifying offers and so on. So I'm not privy on that, but um, no, I mean, he, 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 I think he did. Okay. The Kasha one is different for me um, because, and I'm not making fun of the player at all or any injuries or something like that, but it's just a risk for me. I, I don't, I don't really give a crap about the potential and what he could do when healthy. I, I just think that we need to move on. And, but if the Bruins feel that they could do it and it's not going to um, hinder on their plans moving forward and having available cap space to address on the upcoming free agency, then it is what it is. But it's really going to bite them in the ass if he gets another concussion or another injury. He's going to be out for a long period of time. And then you LTIR, all that stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I, I just, I wish him the best, obviously, but I just don't. I don't know why he's being um, qualified. Zach Senishin is is uh, just a uh, a polarizing player from the 2015 draft that nobody yeah. seems, yeah, nobody seems to want to freaking um, care about because it, it. Most folks believe that if you're not in the NHL, you're you're not anywhere. But this is uh, this is just a, um an extension of the Boston Bruins believing in him say, and he might, he might have more success to play more NHL games with the, with some departures that we might see uh, after Wednesday this week. So um, it's not a bad thing to do, but it also, you have sustainability down in Providence too. And I, I cannot stop hampering on the fact that you still need to have players in your, in your minor pro system, you know, so this is not a bad deal for him, um, and if he if he accepts it, so we'll go from there. But um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I mean, I'm okay on the Richie thing if it works out money wise. Um, I'm not cool, cool with Kasha, and I'm okay with uh, Zach Senishin. And I'm not saying Kasha and Senishin are you know which one's better and which one's worse. It's not about that, but um, you know, see what happens. I think Senishin still could be something. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's a valuable trade piece and then four months or whatever. Uh, and he's cheap. So you have to have people. I'm wondering with the Kasha thing is if maybe he's thinking of packaging him somewhere as well. 
but you can't really send. He's kind of stuck in a place where you almost have to qualify him. I don't know if he has arbitration rights or not. You know what I mean? But usually players do. If you want to look at that, I don't know. That can change things. I think he does. But if he does, it almost makes more sense for Don Sweeney to just say, you know, sometimes when you take your chances, it doesn't work in your favor. Like, do you know what I mean? And Sweeney and them hate going to arbitration. It's like their thing they just don't want to do, you know? I'm wondering if he's not signing him in the hopes that maybe at least he can play and then maybe make him part of a package somewhere else. Or best case scenario, he becomes a solid right wing for you, at least on your third or fourth line, because we still need help on our bottom six. So maybe he doesn't turn out to be the second line right wing or whatever, but maybe if he's healthy enough, he's a better option than maybe some of the kids who aren't ready to make the top squad yet, but not spending a ridiculous amount of money either, because uh, it isn't that bad of a contract either. If he does prove that he does not will not get injured and he's having a healthier season, he might be more attractive, especially to a team that maybe has a lot of cap room. It, I just feel like maybe Sweeney, it might be better for them to just qualify him and then try to get rid of him. If he goes on the LTR, then you don't have to worry about the 2.6 anyways, right? Because yeah. he's not getting paid till he comes back and he's proven to not really come back that long. So it's kind of like signing it off, you know, I don't know. It just makes me think like maybe there's something bigger from the business perspective that maybe we just don't really know how that works of why you do that. Cause he is it going to be a bigger pain in the ass, you know, to not is, qualify him? He is on um, arbitration rates. So yeah. That 25 just, year old. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. I don't know, but like, whatever. Same thing with Nick Ritchie. Like maybe he's going to get qualified because he had an all right season, but maybe they're still not that impressed. But still, he would probably get about one and a half, two mil out on the, you know, open market. Same thing. If anything, you have someone you know who has been sort of productive on your third and fourth lines. You know what I mean? And helped you out on that end. Because, again, I'm not convinced all these kids are ready. I know every, like you said, like, just because you want to see Oscar Steen doesn't mean that Oscar Steen's making the top 60. You know right. what I'm saying? Kind right. of thing. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm not, I am a little befuddled about the Kasha thing, but I also think there might be something from the business perspective that there's a reason that's happening. Uh, Cause maybe you can just send them off. If you end up sending Jake DeBrusque off, look, we'll give you Jake DeBrusque and Andre Kasha just to give you someone on your books. Yeah. <laughs> and use them as a leverage piece. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I mean, I would love if he'd come back and he makes, you know, things happen. Like he, I do have to say about him, I don't feel like he was never not trying. Like, I really feel like he was trying. It just wasn't much in the way we want Jake DeBrus to, like, just execute it. Just execute yeah, it. Yeah, but it's it's also a business, it. too. So health yeah. is a huge issue. If you're not healthy and you're not participating, trying to help this team win, it's, it's still a risk to freaking even qualify him. And I've seen many times, like Dom Tiano on Twitter talking about he – the they should I don't know how I don't know how to word this it's kind of weird but the Bruins shouldn't qualify him because he's not worth that money I, I don't know I should have uh, been better um, prepared for something like that but I don't know I don't know I just think it would be weird that the front offices are being so stubborn about this player it's not like 
I can see being stubborn about what to do about Jake DeBrusque, right? He's your asset. You handpicked him to be part of your, you know, organization. I can see like having like, what do I do with a guy like that? But there's really nothing that makes us this loyal, you know, like giving Kevin Miller 2.5 or whatever for his services was one thing, but it seems to me like there has to be something else like, or else why would you bother to do that? There are plenty of like third line right wingers you could go out and get that stay more healthy. You know, it goes that argument. I don't care if you can score 20 goals, if you don't score 20 goals, you know, like it doesn't matter if you can do that. That's great for you. You know, who cares if you can get 45 assists, if you only get 15 of them or whatever, but all right, let's move away from Andre Kasha. It's putting me in a bad mood. Wait, I think the sun might be coming out. That's a good upset. Yay. Oh my God. Really? I don't even like the sun. And I just said, yay sun. That's crazy. That's funny. All right, well, back to a topic that's usually generally depressing, Tuka Rask. I'm just kidding. Yeah, another polarizing player. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love you, Tuka. But um, he, uh, another thing Sweeney talked about uh, was that Tuka is expected to return at the end of the month and assess to get that surgery on his hip done and expected to have it. I don't know why the hell this surgery hasn't happened already because it seems to me it's been two months that you could have already been healing, but that's just me. Um. So let's revisit for a minute about the goaltending situation. Are we still just going to get a veteran? Or are we yes. saying, fuck it, and just let Dan Vladar handle the net till February? Just kidding. The, the word I'm getting is there will be a veteran uh, signed. I'm not sure who or one that's traded. Um, there's a lot of people talking about Darcy Kemper. He's 31 years old. He's a vetty. He's been around. Uh, he, he's a little injury prone, which is a concern, but still uh, provides a, a, a solid asset in your crease for, um, you know, a little bit of time while Tugaras uh, recovers from an injury. Um, but there's also free agents. I was looking at Mike Smith, but he got signed for two years, a little more money than I would have given him if he was a Bruin. But you can still look at other other goaltenders to to help out. Um, the one thing that's very, very intriguing about some things that I've heard from some professional, like, uh, you know, people that are around the hockey world and media and so on are that – it's going to be a veteran goaltender coming in to cover for two grass, but it's also going to be Dan Vladar as the backup. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what I'm hearing. And from what I said and what I tweeted about that, it, it started a little bit of a, a rage that, you know, that who's better Swayman or Vladar. And obviously in my opinion, Swayman's a little, you know, better than Vladar, but Vladar will need, waivers to go down so the veteran will work with vladar for you know half the season split the time that'd be great good experience for them but vladar will be on a very short leash so if he's not meeting expectations as uh 1a 1b much like we had with sukaraskin and yaroslav alak um then you got to pull the 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 strings and get freaking um uh, Swayman up if you if you need those games and you need that goaltender that you can rely on. Now here's why I'm saying this and what I'm hearing. If there was no pandemic and there were no injuries, we would have not seen Jeremy Swayman. 
the plan would still be to develop him properly. He's on an entry-level deal. He would have played a full season last year in Providence. He would have played a full season this upcoming year in Providence. It doesn't matter about where you uh, where you are on the goaltending depth chart. Uh, the, the plan is to properly develop him. So um, with that being said, I believe that this is still going to go on as planned. And I know the shiny new toy theory and – you're an idiot because you're bringing this guy in and you should be having the young kid. He's only got a small handful of professional games. That includes the American Hockey League and the NHL. That is not enough for me to go, let's give him the starting job right now. Because we've seen what happens when when GMs don't want to um, – put a goaltender, a young goaltender into the, into the fire, much like Ron Hexall did in Philadelphia. And pretty much that's why they split, split ways because the owner wanted Carter Hart as soon as possible. And a goaltender, a long time goaltender uh, said, no, I think he still needs to season in the American hockey league. And that started a conflict. And now obviously Ron Hexall is not working for the flyers anymore. And look what happened to Carter Hart. You know, it's just, mm. It's it, you see it, and I know I get the whole excitement for Jeremy Swayman too. I'm excited for him. I've been pumping his tires since he was selected in the uh, in one of these drafts not too long ago. But it, there's a process that fans still need to understand that you need to develop these guys properly. And the more he gets the the tutelage that he gets from Ascensor and Dunham and and whoever the new coach is going to be down in Providence. It's just going to be beneficial for him and the organization. This is something that doesn't need to be rushed. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm just getting frustrated sometimes with talking to people about, you know, who's best and who's this and that. And it's like, damn, I'm so happy you're not my GM. Yeah. Um, I'm old, so I believe in pecking order. And as lovely as Jeremy Swayman is, and he is going to be a goddamn stud. Dan Vladar also has earned his right to be the backup goaltender on the team. And we're never going to know what Dan Vladar can do if he never has a slot to kind of go into. Like he just, you know, it's, it's been Tukin Yarrow. He wasn't ready to come up, you know what I mean? And then of course we saw the poor kid in that game versus Carolina, just like Yarrow in the hallway with him. Like, look, I just, I don't know. I don't speak Czech, but it was, or Slavic or whatever, but uh, they, Definitely, like, I just stand there and do the best you can. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Our defense is falling apart, and no one's really expecting you to win. Just do your best. Like, no one's mad at you. No one's mad at you. But I just think, like, you're not going to know how he can blossom if he doesn't get real NHL time. Uh, that being said, we definitely need some kind of veteran goaltender up in here until Tuka does or does not come back. Um, and I don't know. Like, there are people around there, but – you don't want to pay too much, right? Because if you do resign Tuka, he's still going to make a few million dollars. Uh, some of the people I thought maybe we would get have been resigning. Uh, I just, I don't know what you do with that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really know. Like, yeah, like a Kemper or someone like that. I'm glad it wasn't Mike Smith. I'm sorry. Just Mike Smith is too hot cold for me of what he's going to do. as a, a great year last year. I know, but he goes back and forth. It's like he has yeah, a good season, then he has the mediocre. And I need someone, who, I don't know. I just need someone who's kind of cheap, 
but not like a low end goaltender, like a yeah. good medium and you know, medium goaltender who's not like your seven million dollar goaltender, but not the I just bumped up from the ECHL. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm we're huge to grass fans here, but I'm at a I'm at a crossroads right now with this whole situation, and I'm probably gonna get torched for this as I have online, but I just the way that this organization and ownership dealt with Tory Krug, dealt with Zdeno Chara, and so on. I don't know if they will entertain bringing Rask back. To be honest with you, um, I'm, I just got this feeling that this surgery is going to push them overboard on this decision, like. I don't like the, I don't like the way this is all happening. Like let's let's sign him, LTIR him until late February. Then Vladar and the starting goaltender, uh, hopefully named on Wednesday, in free agency, work five months out of the year together, and and maybe they're like the best tandem in in the NHL. Who knows? You know, it hasn't happened yet. And then all of a sudden, here comes Rass flying in, like, hey, I'm here. I just don't like that feeling, and I wouldn't want to be that guy. And and that's going to weigh heavily on goaltenders that would like to come here and be, like, the guy to, to help something in the future. But that's also going to be on the back of their head is, like, oh, I'm going to play for five months, and then I'm going to be tossed out, you know, or, or you know, the third goaltender or, or waived or traded. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. So in a world that we need cap space for the Boston Bruins to address other needs outside of the, um, the crease. And I don't believe goaltending is the problem. I think it's, we need defense. We need to put the puck in the net. So we need to save as many millions in cap space to address those needs. I just think that this is a time that, and I hate saying this because I've been a I've Rask fan since I started following him in Finland before he got drafted by the Maple Leafs. I think this is time to walk away. See, I'm thinking it might be a little different strategy. You, I don't know what the date is, but with your UF with UFAs and RFAs, they have to sign by a certain date, like November something or something like that, to be eligible. December first. Yeah, whatever it is, right? So say you have someone like Tuka Rask. If he has surgery this month, you don't even need to sign him. You just go out and get a veteran goaltender or a, you know, pretty good couple years in and has shown at least consistency goaltender to tandem. We know the goaltending situation is probably going to be ugly, okay? We can't depend on the goaltending the way we have in the past to help win us a championship. We're going to hope that the defense in front can help the goaltenders this time, you know what I mean? Instead of it always being only on the goaltender half the time when the heat gets on, you know, as much as we want to complain about him. But if you don't have to sign him until December, if I'm Don Sweeney, this is what I'm thinking. I don't know if this is okay, but in my own mind, I'm thinking, well, I have other things I need to do and you are free to go sign with another team. Like, let you know, I intend on bringing you back to go. Okay. But as you know, you're not even useful to me till February. You've shown a lot of loyalty and love for this team. I know you'd want me to do what's best for this team. I'm not even going to talk about signing you until we get to November. Okay. 
because I need to get this season off the ground. I need to shore up some of these other signings. I need to get somebody in here at least to replace you for now, right? Because just because he's ready, allegedly ready in February doesn't mean he actually is. Injuries are weird. Yeah. That being said, he's not going to be ready any earlier than January. And then you see where rehab's at. If rehab is looking good and like the reports are coming in, like he's going to be like a new fucking goaltender dude, like hips good, movements good. Then you're like, all right, whatever, three mil, whatever. We all agree we're not giving two to seven million no matter what, right? Then you worry about it. You have the right to sign somewhere else if you don't want. But just think about this. Why don't we sit on this? Get this team off the ground for the next year, everything else. Why don't you help us find somebody that you think might be good to, you know, replace you for now? And go from there. Do you know what I mean? So you're not even, Tuka is the last one I'm thinking about right now. I would, I would, if I'm Don Sweeney, I'm not even thinking about Tuka Rask. Because at this point, it would suck if he signed somewhere else. But who the hell else is going to take a 34-year-old goaltender having hip surgery? Like, it's not like he's going to be, he's Tuka Rask, but he's injured. So, but I mean, if he's still sitting around come late October, November, someone might start really sniffing around like, oh shit, like they're really not going to sign Tuka. But that's what I'm thinking. I just wouldn't even deal with Tuka Rask for now and just go find a good veteran and or at least consistent goaltender. My my thing about like better. My thing about this whole thing is just is we don't know. You do not know how the recovery is going to be. No guarantees happen in any types of surgeries. There could be Issues that can be infection. They could, I mean, anything can hold this back from from making um, a, a late February or whatever um, comeback. But to to have a a veteran goaltender in the wings, uh, you know, to to be around and and fill in is always a, a solid thing. But it's just you know that freaking cap number and so on. It's like okay, let's. I mean, my expectations are he gets offered four million at least for one year or eight for two years you know who knows but still yeah, yeah i i just I, I, I just really do not want to take a risk and and what if it, if it doesn't work out i don't know it's just and that's that's what i think is going to happen that's what i'm saying mark because in my mind i'm thinking Sweeney holds out to get real shit he needs to get done, right? So for the same $7 million that you've been paying Tuca this whole time, you can probably sign Tuca Rask and a good medium-sized goaltender, right? But you don't give Tuca the money. That way, what's the risk? If you say, okay, this year I'm only signing you. I will give you $3 million. Again, that's because you've played for us for all this time and you've been solid. We're going to sign you three mil. If you stay on the IR, then you're just on the IR. If you come back, we're willing to take that $3 million hit. And then we'll go from there to see if we're going to give you another contract of a two more year. Cause I'm not even, I'm not comfortable with a two year contract. Not and, and you know, I like Tuka. like I'll criticize him at and normal when he deserves it, but like, yeah, it is iffy. So like, I'm comfortable with giving him 3 million if we have to, if you really think, you know, and my thing also with closer in December, you're going to be into the rehab part portion and they're going to be able to see. The setbacks, can they go? Can he push a little more? So I think it's about finding a reasonable price, not getting him to sign it until later in the year as possible. So if you have to, or if you just have to say, fuck it, dude, if I can get Varlam off for $5 million, you know what I mean? Like take that. Like you said, you might have to do that. But you also don't want to, I do think the Bruins in the last two off seasons have kind of 
given impressions from the outside a little about how shady it might be able to be sometimes behind the scenes. So I don't think they also want to look like assholes and just like drop them, you know, like some jerk that's just dropping their useless goaltender off. Someone else can be him. And then, you know, the Bruins luck Tuka will sign with whoever and then win a Stanley cup because you know, oh, he's oh God, that'd be bionic hip. He's like oh. doing, He's I'm not ready for that day in social media. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Well, it's uh, uh, an hour. So yeah. maybe we'll take our hour break. But Tuka, we're yeah, we're going to take our break. We're going to we definitely are going to talk about some options on the free agent market. Yeah. So we'll definitely uh, hit on. I have um, Puckpedia teed up right now uh, for free agents that are available that the Bruins can pick up. We're going to talk about that in the free agent segment mm-hmm. because that's coming up on Wednesday. So for right now, we're going to take our hour break. We're going to hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and he is from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He has fantastic stuff, folks. And uh, we buy all our stuff for our Patreon giveaways. Information right down there below, and I'll talk about it later. And I also mentioned this week's uh, Bruins-related item winner which uh, from a fantastic um, woman that is a financial supporter of ours. So we truly appreciate that. But let's hear from Bruce and we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are pleased to announce our upcoming August signing with Bruins legend, Hall of Famer and two-time Stanley Cup champ, Jerry Cheevers. In order to make room for the new items, we are blowing out all current Cheevers items at the lowest prices ever. Get yourself a Jerry Cheevers black, autographed, JSA-authenticated and inscribed jersey for just $75. The Mask 16x22 Special Edition JSA Photo Display for $95. Or grab white or black style jerseys from Rick Middleton or Charlie Coyle for just $89 delivered. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! what's up Bruins fans we just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia check him out get his email address and send him an email um, about all of the fantastic hand-signed Boston Bruins items and he also has Patriots Red Sox and Celtics stuff too if you're interested in that but uh, definitely follow his Facebook page for all awesome updates on his uh, uh, new additions to his collection that he are for sale. And uh, also you can win some free stuff by just going to his Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. And if you like and share, you automatically get drawn into a, uh, a weekly prize. So it's pretty cool what he does. And he does some fantastic stuff. And, uh, you know, we have this Derek Sanderson hand signed jersey, fully authenticated right there. Beautiful jersey, absolutely gorgeous. Everything stitched, it's just amazing. And uh, that could be yours if you go to the patreon.com slash black and go hockey podcast and uh, donate one dollar per show. So we'll talk about that later on and, and announce our winner, like I said before the program, before the uh, break. I'm sorry. 
All right, let's get back to the Boston Bruins hockey talk. Heather, what do you think? All right, so another big thing that Sweeney Sweeney said a lot of things in his five minutes, and one of them was that, I don't know, I'm just paraphrasing, but that Krejci still hasn't given them an answer either way of what his intentions are, uh, but he's hopeful that he'll return as a Bruin. So now we got Taylor Hall signed but we don't necessarily have David Krejci signed in an actual second line center. No offense to Charlie Coyle. Uh, I am getting nervous about the David Krejci thing. I'm not, I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Chris Blackie. I was really hoping yes. they gave you David Krejci for your birthday, but they didn't. Yes. You know where I feel with you on that brother. Um, yeah. That being said, everyone start the trend hashtag Krejci forever. And maybe that will be the sign that he gets to stay. Uh, but I'm getting a little nervous. Like that's Thursday before free agency is less than a week away. And you don't, Krejci hasn't even told you what his intentions are. Like, does that mean you've given him an offer and he hasn't told you? Does that mean he still doesn't know if he wants to return to the NHL? What does that mean, Don Sweeney? I'm getting, again, I, I have post-traumatic stress from the whole last year's, how it went down again. I can handle players leaving, whatever. It's part of a business, but like, you know, I don't do well when things look shady and I getting a little nervous. Not that this is particularly shady, but just like that David Krejci is going to quietly walk away from the Boston Bruins and we don't really have, I want to know what the backup is. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, first shout out to Chris Blackie, uh, host of the big bad Bruins podcast. Um, and he is, uh, he is, the Krejci uh, Messiah, if you, if, I, if that's the correct word, but um, he uh, hopefully it works out for him because he's a big Krejci fan and he's awesome. And happy birthday, sir! Secondly, this is another thing that I, I get a little nervous about with the whole conversation, like you brought up with players that were kind of, well, we're not in the room, but seemingly mistreated, like like I.E. Tory Krug having a verbal agreement, but when you actually sit down to the table a year later, that is no longer in play this is another one i'm not sure about and i'm not sure even sure at this point if if the taylor hall signing moves the needle at all i'm not i don't know i don't know where, where to go on this one would i like to see him back yes it would be on a year to year term with these uh with these aging veterans that's what i really like to see is to maximize the salary caps you have flexibility to look elsewhere and fit the pieces in to build a winner and whether it's him on team or not, we need to know sooner or later, preferably before Wednesday, because the fact is that that's when free agency opens. We'll talk about that later on again. But for me, I want to know as soon as possible, like, do I have to go out and get a another free agent center? Um, yeah. are, we, are we bringing you back? I'm not, I do not trust Charlie Coyle moving up to second line minutes um duties whatever he's not i'm not saying he's a bad player but he's just been all sorts of unlucky with streaks of un no points and so on you don't want to have that on your second line in my opinion would that spark his offensive production possibly but i'm not totally sure about that i would rather have him on the bottom six driving that the uh the line on the third on the third so um yeah and it it all depends too, and like you like you said, if he wants to come back, if he wants to go home, um, if he's not accepting an offer, who knows? But we got to figure it out sooner or later. Um, 
but I, I would not get involved in long talks, um, you know, multi-year deal talks with him. One, um, I would, I would do two years at three mil a year. That's what I would do. His last contract, it's a couple mil. He's still young enough. He can go and play at home in the Czech Republic a season or two if he wants before he officially retires from the sport. I don't think that we, I know this is going to sound like maybe I'm over inflating crazy, but I really do. Uh, I, I really am the person who is like, I don't think people understand. Like he is one of your top time, all time Bruins for like points and product productivity. Like you don't have, unless Sweeney is about to on Wednesday, sign a major center. You don't have the cap space anymore <laughs> necessarily given what all the things you have to do to go out and pay someone who is on his level. I like Charlie Coyle, but Charlie Coyle has proven to be inconsistent the last season or two. Again, I'm not beating him up if he was injured, whatever, COVID world. I can forgive and forget things. But I also don't think or know you're ready to step up and not be David Krejci, but like David Krejci has been an integral part of the top two lines of this team for well over a decade is my point. I, I, I think Krejci is that player that nobody – understands how important he is until he's not there. Like Brandon Carlo, you know, like sometimes he's still underrated. Like, Oh, is he think like whatever? He's not Charlie McAvoy. He doesn't need to be. He's Brandon Carlo. Like, and I'd like to point out that Brandon Carlo was drafted first. He's older and more experienced, you know, like I don't, I don't know. It's just making me nervous. Cause I don't think that I can't trust. I just can't trust my own management to fix things like okay so say that david krejci says i want to stay home and play in the czech republic thank you we'll come back we'll do like a goodbye ceremony or whatever come november it'll be lovely um i i don't know i i just don't know who you have we have no one down in the system that's ready oh my god heather let me tell you something i've heard so many people say well, who cares if david krejci doesn't come back we got jack sadika to seamlessly fit right in there i was just like whoa are you trying Whoa. to depress me further? Holy like, I'm not God. ready to let David Krejci go. That wasn't even a hot take. It was an icy cold take, man. That's I mean, an insane I'm a huge fan. I know. I'm a huge fan of Jackson Ika. I believe he's going to have play a significant role in this organization, but it's not right now. It's not next season. If he and makes the roster, it's not going to be at, at second-line center. I'm, I'm that's sorry. what I mean. It's certainly not going to be a second-line center. Like that's also, and I feel bad whoever becomes the next, that's, that's their spot. If it's not crazy to finish it out. Also, it always feels weirder when players, it's like, I totally respect if David Krejci decides he wants to stay home and play in the Czech Republic for a year or whatever, and then maybe retire. I mean, his kids are American, so they probably are kind of like, it'll be like, yeah, dad, this is fun. I love this cultural exchange, but I kind of want to go back home and go to school. You know, another another factor that I keep forgetting about is um, David Krejci spends his off season in the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. He has a beautiful home there and uh, lives in a nice community, nice golf community and so on. So I don't know, maybe... It, uh, should we be nervous about him being a flight risk? And if he's not get, if he's not offered two years and not offered the m amount of money that he would like to get as he as an aging veteran, would testing the free agent market and seeing if a team like Carolina Hurricanes would bite? 
I'm, I'm just throwing a, just throwing stuff out there, but it's it's something that you you do have to consider. I mean, I mean, if he's happy in an area where he's living during the off season, would he be happy in the same place playing hockey? Yeah, see, I don't get that vibe from Krejci. I when he was talking and giving his end of the year press conference, which by the way, both the last times we really saw like an end of year press conference from David Krejci was sad. There was the one in the bubble where it was like him and my, like they all just looked devastated. Obviously, yeah. it went down messy, but you they knew. You have to think that they knew already that Tori probably wasn't coming back. Z was gone. You know, like it was yeah. changing. Things are changing. The writing was on the wall. I still hold that David Krejci and Bergeron go out together. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, yep. we, and then whatever happens, happens. The core is aging out and gone. We might still have a couple pieces, but I don't know. I just, I'm more nervous that he just doesn't want to play in the NHL anymore. But at the same time, I feel like at the end of the year, he was playing the happiest hockey I've seen him play in a long, long time. And now that mm-hmm. Taylor Hall is locked down, you know, like I don't feel like David Krejci wants to be greedy about it. I don't think he's the player that's like, I still want seven mil. No, I think he is. But at the same time, I don't think David Krejci needs to test the free agent market. I think someone will definitely sign David Krejci like he like in a stunning way of like, just like half the league was like, holy shit. They like literally let their defensemen go. They, they'd be thinking the same thing, but someone will scoop them up. I don't know. I just need to know. I hate that free agency always makes me so nervous. I hate it. Yeah. It it is a tough one. Cause you gotta think about, cause you gotta think about so many different areas that a player is thinking too. He's got family location and dollar value, you know? Mm -hmm. So no, I still hold Krejci either comes back a Bruin or he goes back home to play yeah. in the That's fence what guy, I Fence guy here again. You know, uh, I see value here and, you know, and I'll side with the player if he wants to move on. But, you know, I, I'd much rather know sooner rather than later because you still have to address needs. You know, if you're not coming back, I need to hit, I need to hammer this, this free agent market that's going to be – you know, gangbusters at what three o'clock on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that's the thing. It's like just, just well, let us know. You know, it just it, the the silence from both sides in this conversation is just it's kind of irking to me. You know, and I know Chris Blackie's like sweating uh, profusely because he wants his um his um his prince to be back in Beantown. We need, don't make fun of Blackie. We need, I'm not making fun of him. I'm not not saying that. Like, it's really real. Like, we really need David Krejci here. We really need him here. Like, we must summons it. Come on, people, summons it. Those I'll do, I'll do my rain dance later on because I'm sure it's going to fucking rain. It's, it's New England 2021 summer. Unbelievable. It's going to be like 90 degrees tomorrow. It'll be fine. Who doesn't want it to be cold and rainy and then super sunny and hot? So let's transition from talking about an aging veteran to some members that just came officially into the league over the weekend. Heather, what do you think? Yep. So this was the NHL entry draft it happened on Friday, the 23rd and Saturday, the 24th. And I'm pretty sure it would still be going on right now because it moves at a snail's pace. Yes. We need to work on the draft, making it a little more exciting Thank you. I understand COVIDs and all that. But the Bruins, we had seven picks. We didn't have a second round pick, but we did have two seventh round picks. So, Mark, I know this is 
one of those like yeah days for you like i'll be on wednesday with free agency i just like to watch the chaos play out um <laughs> you you love prospects and the people who will be the prospects and the people who in 20 years will be the hall of famers so uh i know we're not can't judge these kids yet but let's talk about them we'll go uh round by round you think and you want to yeah. give us a little uh thoughts and uh research you have done on them yeah yeah tee up tee up on each round and and player and i'll uh provide a little bit of information that i have in front of me from the great folks at eliteprospects.com um i don't know a ton of these a ton about these players but this is where i track my the process moving forward is once you get selected you're basically on on your bookmarked and and i'm ready to follow you and report on you and do whatever i can to provide a a, a decent opinion about the player and his progression but um yeah fabian lysel was selected in the first round and 5 10 172 pounds you know what that did that just stirred bruins nation in in I yeah I know I know you know we got to stop with the size and this and that and blah 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 you know what I mean he's got this kid has been well known to be one of the fastest skaters in this draft and that says something his stride is good his speed is good his hockey IQ is good playing on the fourth line uh in Sweden um on a man's team you know in a pro league is not bad. What he could do in North America in the future is is who knows. But it's I think it's a solid piece to get involved. He's a he's a natural right winger, um, and he plays a good game. You know, his um, people look at his stats too. This is the weird thing about North America hockey and international hockey overseas. Numbers tell a whole different thing. Some people that aren't privy on the, what goes on over on bigger sheets of ice, they see that he had two goals and 10 assists and whatever, and they think he's a bad player. Why did the Bruins select him and so on? But that's not it. That's the game over there. You know, you, you very rarely see a four, 30 or 40 goal scorer on the bigger sheet. But he's 18 years old, 5'10", 172 pounds. He shoots right. He's under contract for another year uh, for the upcoming season, um, which is which is good because that's going to co continue the development process. But um, elite prospects in their 2021 NHL draft guide said he's a, he's his skating is nearly perfect with great posture, depth, and flexibility at ankles, knees, and hips, giving him straight line speed and two step quickness to burn. Lysel spots teammates through layers and has uh, the depth touch to get the puck to them. Um, he scans regularly, reloads, and supports defensemen, tracks well in neutral zone, and is well, um, it, you know, he's got great uh, on ice awareness. Uh, so I think it's a solid pick. Um, EPRinkside.com also says he plays at a high pace with high level skill, creating a lot for himself and others. Another thing from Anders Ericsson, from, this is back in 2020, uh, highly skilled forward with impressive technical skills and an amazing release. Uh, scores a lot of goals and is, um, loyal to, and is a loyal team player. So lots of good things to talk about. He will be playing for Lulia in the H, uh, SHL the upcoming season, and then it remains to be seen where he goes from there. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that you just can't, look at the numbers he's got and, and criticize because 
Once they once so many saw the height and weight, it was just pandemonium. It's like, oh, it's going to be one of these drafts, isn't it? It's always like that when it comes to anybody because everybody doesn't really know anything. They just look at the, he's 5'10". Yes, he's also not done growing. It'll be fine. Like, he'll put on some bulk. Also, 5'10 isn't that small. I know. Surely not. I know. Brad Marchand, 5'10". In heels. Yeah, and and (laughs) for the past two or three years has been – mentioned several times in heart trophy uh you know so so players of that size can still get it done I, i'm just yeah. you know all right so we didn't have a second round pick but we had the 85th pick in the third round and we selected brett harrison who is a center from the oshawa general yeah genoa's generals <laughs> in the ohl <laughs> i'm sorry that was weird uh do you have any information about him because we back centers like game pieces yeah, back on the uh, ep.com. Um, he's 18 years old. He's from London, Ontario. Hey, <laughs> look at that. The Bruins selected a Canadian guy. Maybe the Canadian folk up there that think that you need 19 freaking Canadians to win a Stanley Cup all the time uh, are happy. Can't believe it. But what I can believe is they selected a 6'2", 185-pound uh, centerman, and he... Uh, had a, was actually on loan last year in the COVID, uh in the um, Mestis League over in Finland. Uh, so obviously he couldn't play because of the pandemic and so on in North America. So he chose to go over and do that. And uh, even um, in the Canadian under-18 World Juniors, he had a decent turnout, had two goals in seven games. Um, but for the Oshawa Generals uh, in the 2019-20 campaign, he played in 58 games, had 21 goals, 16 assists, at 37 points. Not a bad year, and somebody else to um, to uh, you know get in the get in the mix. But um, I don't know much about him, but seems like he's going to be a oh okay ep has a uh, elite prospects has this he hunts pockets of space and loves the trail behind the play to receive drop passes and fire from the top of the circle he can win most battles through his reach and stature ep ringside.com in 2021 he's a physical and active around the slot engaging with defenders to win positional positioning for loose pucks so good things so far on him, but um, he, I don't see if he's committed anywhere else. So I believe that he'll probably most likely go back to Oshawa if that's a, um, a, a path that he wants to take. Yeah, because let's face it, we're not going to see any of these guys very soon, but right. maybe soon enough. Uh, in the next round, we took a goaltender. Did that make you happy? I love goalies. You know anything about Hashtag sports? goalie union. Phillips Vedback. Uh, that's how I think you say it. But again, don't quote me, people. I'm just a girl with mush mouth from New England. So, yeah, uh, a surprise pick when you when you look at the goalie depth that we have right now with Vladar under contract and Young Swayman entry level and Young and Kyle Kaiser having one more year of his entry level and Young and playing much better. I, I must say, um, it was kind of. I was like, wow, would they take a goalie this year or would it be in the Montreal draft next year? Uh, I was more leaning towards next year to get somebody in the fold. But um, 
he's 19 years old. He's from Stockholm, Sweden. He's 6'3". He's 192, so he's already got good size there. Uh, he's been playing in uh, Sweden for a long time, but he's committed to play in the USHL for the Dubuque uh, Fighting Saints uh, this coming year. And he's um, also going to be participating in the Sweden Under-20 International Junior Tournament uh, that's coming up this upcoming season. Um, so he's a, he's a decent goaltender, um, obviously a work in progress. It, you know, these goalies in the third round, I mean, Dan Vladar was a third-round pick, so who knows what we could have right now. But um, you want to get somebody into the fold, too, and somebody that you could – Continue to develop either in – well, no, he's not going back to um, – he's going to the USHL. But the USHL is a common place for college kids to go to school. So he might be playing there if he's eligible to go to college. But if not – because that Dan Vladar did the same thing. He played for the Chicago Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, so And I think he wanted to go to an American college too but wasn't eligible. So this might be a path for um, Philip. So I really don't know much upon him. I am going to learn more about him. So uh, in the in the upcoming um, months, I will have an article or two about him. So, well, I think that I trust in PJ Axelson and yeah. whoever else is over there for our European scouting. And uh, yeah, I trust in PJ. And I mean, you can never have too many goaltenders. Goaltenders. The good thing about goaltenders is, unlike centers, not not everybody has lots of goaltenders that they can. You know, I mean, who knows? In four years, you know, you know, you just they're a good commodity to have. But yeah, you are right. We do have kind of crazy depth, but that's it. Bring him in and we're gonna tandem Swayman and Vladar and smell you later, Tuka. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> we've got this new kid from Sweden coming in. We're replacing our fins with the Swede. Sorry. All right, all right, concentrate and concentrate. Um, all right, so fifth round, 149th pick, Oscar Jelvik. Is that how you say it? Jelvik. Jelvik. Sorry, yes. I know you told me earlier. Well, I never know what the J if it's gonna be a Y sound or it's gonna be a G sound or it's gonna be a just listen, sound. listen to Damn this Germanic languages. Listen to this. Maybe you, you could pick up on it. Oscar Jelvik. Oscar Jelvik. So, yeah, anyways, he's a left wing, he's also Swedish. We have three Swedes, two OHL guys, and a couple uh NTDP players. That's what we ended up with in this draft. So, yeah, let's talk about this guy. He's a left shooting center, um, and he's 18 years old from the Sweden, um, and looks like 21 22. He's committed to play for Jur Gardens IF and the J20. Um, he played in uh, 13 games last year in the J20 for Jerry Gardens, and he got six goals, six assists, 12 points. Um, he's a decent forward. Not much here on him, but like I said, we'll have more. Uh, EP Prospects 2021 NHL Guide says he pre-scans for teammates, control skating, and not overshoot pockets of space to support plays. Gets defenders on his back in possession to extend it. He um, and he hides his next play. There's also some pre-planned manipulation upon receiving the puck. So, some good things to talk about this um, Oscar guy. And how many Oscars can you have on a freaking uh, in a Bruins organization? You can't have enough. 
Hopefully he's not know, a crouch. Buffalo had a couple Rasmuses for a while. Yeah. And that's kind of, um, I'm he's sorry. On... The thing I looked at said he was a left wing. I apologize. No, no worries. Um, he might, he might be versatile that that's that, that EP say. hasn't, hasn't updated yet, but he's five eleven. I know people are going to shy or shy about that 179 pounds, but it's just another uh, middle depth piece that could be inserted into North America in the next couple of years. So plenty of time to work with this guy. Um, so I look forward to uh, watching games wherever he is. Yelvik. Oscar Yelvik. Oscar Yelvik. Let's all practice it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. So in the next, we got to stop drafting these people who are under six feet, foot four. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, in the, in the next round, uh, 181st pick overall, Ryan Mass, yes, from uh, OHL, from the Sting. So tell us about him. Uh, big kid. Big kid. 18-year-old, uh, 6'4", 190 pounds, big solid defense. He's right shooting. And um, he played for Sarnia in the 2019-20 campaign. In 58 games, he had one goal, 10 assists, 11 points. Um and yeah, so another solid project that the uh, Boston Bruins scouting staff um, had in him. So um, this could be just another Nick Wolf in the making. Um, you know, develop him wherever he's going to play next season. I don't know exact. He is committed to play for the Sarnia. No, maybe not. So I don't know about where he's going to be going. So. Um, but could be a, um, a, a sneaky little pick right there with his size and so on. So we'll see what happens. But he's from Bloomfield, Michigan. Okay. So he's an American kid. Nice. See, we like Americans. But anyway, speaking of America, there's a couple of NTDP picks here to round it out. One defenseman, one center, Andre Gassano and Ty Gallagher. Uh, we had our own pick at 213, and we also had one from Toronto that we inherited last year at 217. So uh, this is a good program. Uh, it's really been heating up with the last few years, pumping out a lot of talent. So I'm sure that these are two very talented gentlemen. I think it's funny. The balance, like I said, two OHLs, a couple of Swedes, and a couple of boys from the national development team. So tell us about them. Yeah, Andre's um, one of those uh, players that are from uh, uncommon areas or, or areas that are actually getting more well-known and producing hockey players like Los Angeles, California. Mm -hmm. um, and he's a dual citizen, so uh, which is pretty cool. And he's committed to go to Boston College in the NCAA for the upcoming year. Uh, he's 6'4", he's 203 pounds, so he's already a big kid. Uh, they list him as a forward on Elite Prospects, he's, but he's left shooting, so go with that, which we will. Yeah, you know, either left wing or a center, who knows. What do you have on him? I have him as a center, that's what okay. I saw. Uh, Elite Prospects uh, 2021 NHL Guide says he's a shooter with some flash and instincts. He consistently finds space between the face-off dots, ready for one-timer or catch-and-release wrister. Uh, handling skills complement Gasso's um, shooting as he turns tricky passes into powerful wristers. 
He catches passes in motion, beats players in motion, and flashes one-on-one skill to watch through a defender on occasion. Some solid things right there. And another addition uh, um, to uh, EPRinkside.com, smooth hands for his size and plays well in tight areas, along the boards and in corners. Has some credibility as a two-way installation too. So I like the uh, idea of that two-way game. And like I said, he's committed to go to Boston College. Uh, Had a good season in the 2021 campaign with the uh, U-17 national team. Uh, a U18 national team where he got into 41, 42 games, scored 12 goals and 15 assists, 27 points. And um, obviously uh, probably going to be hanging out with uh, Boston College and Boston Brewers prospect Trevor Kuntar. I was jokingly, I put thumbs down when you said Boston College, but I don't mean it. Because you're a BU girl. I mean, I do, but I don't really mean it. So again, another prospect that's going to be close, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. For, 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 um, for, you know, scouting purposes too, mm-hmm. kids going to get a solid education regardless if you like the school or not, Heather. Um, but yeah, close by <laughs> for, uh, for that. No, it's cool. It's the draft. You got to wait and see. That's just it. I mean, it's not right. a lot to say, like you said, I mean, none of these, none of these guys are going to make the NHL leaving the podium. And that's something that like even defensemen or one that when the first pick happened with uh, Fabian, it's like, oh, we need – why do we get – why are we getting right-wingers when we need defense? And it's like we're not addressing needs right now. These are future assets down the road that could be properly developed and worked on. There's no, you know, stop firing from the hip. My thing is that very few people leave the podium and walk in. And sometimes exactly. they're not ready, so everyone calm down. But I don't know. I've seen worse drafts. I don't – I don't know. Maybe on the flip side, in five or six years, everyone will be complaining about the 2021 draft. Oh, God. Who knows? All right. We got one more to talk about. So Ty Gallagher is uh, 18 years old. He's six six feet tall, 190 pounds uh, from Clarkston, Michigan, USA kid. And he is committed to go to Boston University, your favorite. So that's that's always a good solid right there. Um, he did play in the national program, the U.S. national program, uh, the under-18 team. He played in 48 games, had 14 goals, 13 assists, 27 points. Um, pretty freaking good. And uh, Elite Prospect says, not not one to pass up an opportunity to shoot. Gallagher's Gatlin gun mentality makes him a constant threat. When Gallagher takes his fingers off the trigger, he shows – uh, deceptive playmaking skills with uh, look off passes. He identifies teammates in scoring position, and if the lanes open, he usually connects. So, a little bit of good stuff right there, and another big kid that's um, going to be um, solid for the uh, the Boston Terrier Husky. I oh, know the Boston Terriers. Wow. I guess free agency it opens up on Wednesday. So, are you excited? What? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited about free agency and to see what this team's going to do because that's what I really like is to, you know, when you you get out of the playoffs in the second round against a team like the Islanders, and my my focus is how to rebuild this team or restructure um, to get further in the playoffs for the next season. So um, hopefully something big happens. 
I have the opposite reaction. I always get nervous during free agency because I can't trust the team actually will do those things. Like, I don't know that I'm not going to have five signings of no offense, Greg McKegg or whatever. But like, I, right. I don't need like 42 of those signings. I need like to do, I don't know. I'm just at a point where, all right. I really do want David Krejci to come home at least for another season. Do you know what I mean? I just want him and Taylor Hall and Craig Smith to just lock arms and just laugh and score lots of goals like they were doing. It made my heart very happy. Uh, but other than that, I really am at this point. Like, if we have to blow up this shit, there are very few people on this team. Just like I said with the protection list. Like, there are very few people on this team that I am that attached to at this point. Because... I'm not convinced we can patchwork it. Patchworking it is what has spent, uh, sent us into 10 years of still trying to win the cup, you know? And I hopefully we do something because I don't want to be depressed next week to talk about how everyone else signed all these free agents and we were still waiting around for Don Sweeney and Cam Neely to do something. So that's just me. I don't mean to be pessimistic. It's just too many factors. It's not just us. It's like trying to convince people to come here, right? Like... I mean, no offense, but like with Tuca down and like, you know, sure what's going on on certain things like that's not exactly makes me feel good if I'm trying to maybe move to the city. I'm like, OK, yeah, so they signed Taylor Hall, but mm, things are looking a little shoddy around the edges and places. All right. What do you think? Are they going for a wing first or like a what goalie first? Because that seems, I think, to be. Yeah, they if they do a goalie, I wouldn't mind seeing, um, uh, like so people are saying, get Fred, uh, Frederick Anderson. I think that's no, because he's, he's, he made 5 million. I don't want a, any goaltender that's going to hinder the progression of addressing needs in the front. I want a goaltender that's got experience and it's going to be on the cheap. So you can, you know, construct that Stanley Cup team. Um, but like, I mean, this anti Ranta's a, a, a piece that I'd look at for free agencies, free agency. But another one right here is like James Reimer. He's 33 years old with Carolina for right now, but he's going to be a UFA. And he had a decent year as uh, a backup to like Marazek or whatever. And he had a 15 and five record with a 266 goals against average and a 0.906 save percentage. That might be something that's still. I mean, you can get him on the cheap right now. I think he made three point one million. Offer him two to come to Boston, help out. Who knows? But like I said before, when we were talking about Tuukka Rask and in, in that certain segment, you know, it, the goalie the goalie market right now is very thin when it when it comes to free agency. So, but also if you're gonna go after one of these higher profile free agents that are going to be available on Wednesday afternoon. You still have to think about what that player is thinking. Like, yeah, I, I would love the money. Yes. I would love to go to a team like Boston, you know, original six Boston's freaking awesome to hang around in. But you know, what, what, what's my future going to be in Boston after five months when Tuka comes back or potentially comes back. So lots of, lots of things to think about, but, I mean, those are just a couple ideas that I, I, I've thrown out there. There could be trades. I, you know, there's, there's rumors going around right now that the Boston Bruins and, and Arizona Coyotes have been in communication. Um, one for Darcy Kemper, uh, who has a year of term left that, you know, I've heard could be moved for a number one pick. 
Um, so I don't know if I want to give up number one picks for a goalie. It's not going to be here that long. No. Um, and uh, Christian Dvorak, a center that uh, has been playing really good, a young kid, and uh, seemingly wants to get out of um, of uh, the, the desert. So, um, you know. Well, it certainly wasn't OEL or uh, Garland, right? Because oh. they went somewhere else. That rumors. Rumor. Vancouver, right? Didn't they go to Vancouver? Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I've lost track. There was a lot of things this week. It might have been, but they both like, well, I guess we're not getting Connor Garland. Like, just that's but you fine. Can, but if you, Jesse if you, Denver wouldn't be a bad choice, I guess. He just, he's a good goaltender, but it's hard to judge when you're a good goaltender on like a bad team. Like, is that you're overcompensating? Not like on a horrible team, you know, but not exactly the best competitive team either. You know what I mean? And a division that isn't always solid from top to bottom. I don't know. He doesn't seem bad, but it depends on what like the trade would be, but you're right, right. about the free agency list being, Ooh, let's, let's get Henrik Lundqvist. Well, that's another thing that, uh, that could, I mean, he could come to a Bruins team that's on the cheap too. If he wants uh, another shot at a winner, who knows, but he's Maybe. another player that's a little proud of himself in his career. That's not going to be pissed away in five months. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work, but. No, but we can replace Tuca with Henrik Lundqvist. Well, yeah, if if yeah, if Tuca doesn't come back, then maybe. But looking uh, at the forwards, I I wouldn't mind taking a look at twenty nine year old Michael Granlin. He could play the right side in the center. Um. Uh, I really wish I wrote all these down so I'm not wasting time on, you know, searching. But Thomas Tatar, he's thirty, plays the left and the right, and uh, he, I mean. He's got 4.2 under his salary right now. Could you make him an offer for three? That's assuming that um, – and that's all the assumption that the teams that these current players with don't re-sign them. So, yeah. Um, but, like, Jaden Swartz is a pretty decent player. Uh, he St. Louis, 29 years old. I mean, this if you go to Cap Friendly or, or Puckpedia.com and you look at the UFA list, you could, you could find pieces that are going to work. And, and, and re relatively decent ones on a good cap number, too. But people like going, like, oh, we need to get Gabriel Landeskog. No. Too I mean, money. I would love to have Gabriel Landeskog on my team. Absolutely. But you got to think about the cap. While we're at it, let's get Alex Ovechkin now. I know. But, yeah, exactly. It's like, yes, we need to address certain areas. But let's not put all our eggs in a basket into one player. We, I think we need two forwards two left shot defensemen and a goaltender to actually get, you know, over the threshold of another Stanley cup run. That's just my opinion. We need a, uh, see, the problem is, is that anybody I want is almost too much. Like I can't sacrifice paying too much to a forward so that I don't have a good enough defenseman. Money yeah, for I mean, good enough defenseman. This is hard. They, I'm glad I'm not a GM. Like, like another wanna... another forward that I'm looking at right now is 28 year old uh, uh, Brandon Saad from, and he mm -hmm. plays the right and the left. So a versatile forward, and I mean he's at, he's making 6.5 now. If he hits the market, I'm I guarantee he's not going to make more than that because he's approaching the uh, you know the 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 higher side of 30. So mm -hmm. who knows? But. You still, you still got to think about defense too. I mean, Ryan Suit is still available after being bought out. Uh, Keith Yandel still available from being bought out. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the this... way I'd like them to handle it is like find us a goaltender. Did you say yandle it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that a funny fail? <laughs> oh god. I don't know. They're kind of both at the same time. Um all I know is I don't want Tony D'Angelo. He can mm. screw mm -hmm. uh, Dougie Hamilton. If you don't know how Heather feels about Dougie Hamilton. Way too now. much money anyway, regardless okay. of the family. Oh, God, I can't with him right now. We do need a couple defensemen, though. Yes, I agree. That left shot D are like unicorns. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it. I mean, that being said, if we had to re-sign Mike Riley, that wouldn't hurt my feelings so that we at least had a left shot. And like I we said last week, it. like I said last week, uh, Detroit's going to be heavy, heavy going after him. Mm, I hope not, though. I'm trying right. to look. Like, who are these people kind of in the minute, the middle? Like the Jake McCabs, but he didn't he just get signed somewhere? Jake McCabe? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Do like Sammy Vatten, and we talked about him he got before. he just got bought out. Yeah, so so he's on under unconditional waivers for the purpose of um, terminating our contract, or i.e. bought out. So who knows about him? And um, I'm just like know. looking at the list that's on here. I don't. It's so friggin' hard. Like I don't want to overpay, but we do need like a real defenseman. Yeah, like I don't want to pay five million dollars to a forward necessarily, unless it's like someone that you really know is worth that money. But we might need to spend like eight million dollars on two defensemen. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you don't resign. But if we are gonna resign, like I would much rather have like Mike Riley than Jared Tenorti. Like if we're gonna yeah do what we can salvage from what happened this year, um, I take him. It just sucks because now it's like you can't even see what Lazan's going to do. Are they going to keep Saboral there? Are they going to move him in hope that they can get something back on some kind of move? Uh, ugh, I hate it. I don't know. It's too hard for my brain. We're going to – I know we could be making our predictions or whatever, but it's just so hard to know what Don Sweeney will do because he – he doesn't do the same things every time. You just yeah. not thinking, you know what Don Sweeney's going to do. Don Sweeney does things differently or shocks you. All I know is I can't go through another free agency of the best signing we have is Craig Smith. Although a lovely signing, I'm very happy about it. Team friendly and so far has gone off like gangbusters. I can't have Craig Smith type person be the signing <laughs> Yeah, right. I need some like, yeah, done, yeah, done. That's what I need to feel like on Wednesday. Paula, if you hear me. Paula, <laughs> if you hear me. Yeah, I don't know. I can't pick who I want. I can more pick out the people I definitely don't want. You cost too much. You're a pain in my yep. ass. Dougie Hamilton, you fit both criterias to that. Because that's the whole thing is it's so Bruins that like Don Sweeney would be like, well, you know, Dougie, it's, it's grown up. and Right. You know, once you look at the garden, you're always a member of the garden. No. Or, or like uh, Jeff Merrick wants to hear, wants to get just for the story value. Um, he would like to have Phil Kessel return to Boston. I like. I don't mind Phil Kessel. I think he's funny and he's special. But if I've got to take one of those special kids, I'd all day long rather have Phil the throw left. There I you mean, go. The kid had cancer and then he came back and still was awesome and frankly was more of a cap casualty than anything else because we had <laughs> way too way too many things going on. Yeah, but we got Tyler Sagan out of it, so and a first round pick. 
Yeah, and good. And now we, I finally have Taylor Hall. I'm so glad. <laughs> Does it really matter if you get the first, first whatever, the first round, but, and then you end up trading your like fucking number one pick or whatever, <laughs> wherever for nothing? Like, and here's some vouchers for free pizza. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just, I get nervous. Free agency. I don't know. There's no one that I'm really like, I have. Usually there's someone that I'm like, cross my fingers, cross my fingers. I really hope we get this person. Right now I'm just like, please re-sign David Krejci and just get me some kind of something better than last year. I We knew that defense was in trouble from the start. Like I said, we cannot – I am not the Bruins fan that can t- continue to live on a hope and a prayer. Like I need real shit to be happening. <laughs> like really, mm, well, maybe in another seven years, so-and-so will be able to be a second-line center. No, we don't have seven years. We have like less than seven days because if Krejci doesn't come back, then we need more ready right. out there. You know, like I, I don't know. So that's it. I don't mean to babble about it, but it's that point in the program where – now you're making me think about things like salary cap hits and positional. Are you a right well, shot or a left why don't, shot? Why don't we transition to some real life issues and, and something that made news last week, I believe, um, which was awesome in my opinion. So yes. let's hit this up. All right. So we just want to say to Luke, um, oh, pro cop, pro cop that we are very proud of you young man for being the first player under NHL contract with an organization. He is a person in the Nashville predators organization to come out openly as gay. And I just want to say good job, young man, brave move. But like I said, not only will it allow you to live the way you want to live, like as you should freely without having to carry around a burden of what just being you, but all the people, the little kids that are looking up to you and the adults around you looking at you as a role model, because they should. That's how things change is one person starting to have the courage to do it. So good luck, young man. Good job. Good luck. Yeah. Keep um, there, you know, the, his episode and because it, it, it was him, it wasn't 31 thoughts. It was his episode was absolutely amazing. Um, the preparation for something like this. Um, I mean, this is real life stuff right here. This is just something that he just couldn't come right out and do. There were several conversations with uh, organizational people, coaches, scouts, family, um, very all, all very important and all impacted. But this is a huge step forward in the everybody can play initiative that the NHL has been putting on and, and all the teams involved. So and the outpouring from all teams was amazing with um, letters of um, congratulations and so on, but more or less like you touched on, this is good for the future. If you're a talented player and you deserve to be in this league, it does not matter what sex you um, you are and so on, or, you know. Who you're attracted but, to, it doesn't yeah, exa- matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It's 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 all about, you know, obviously you for, for personal reason and so on, this is great, but also you, you're a member of a team and shouldn't be um, ostracized because of, of who you're seeing and who you're dating and who you're marrying. So this yeah. is just another step forward for the NHL, in my opinion, and and him personally, because in that interview on that podcast with Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick, obviously, um, you know, he just said, you know, I could play one NHL game and probably be okay, you know, but if I had the opportunity to change somebody else's life by 
by coming out and doing what I did, that's more than me like winning a Stanley Cup. And I thought that that was a, a pretty inf- impactful um, moment right there for, for, uh, for what he said. So congratulations, Luke, and keep the good fight going on. And obviously, you know, you know keep up your development. So, yeah, someone had to be first, and it happens yep. to be you, kid, and you're a good. You're, I but, mean, a lot of I know that right now it'll be really crazy in the media around him and so you know surrounding him. But you know, the whole point is is like we're ready. I think for this to just it all be done with. Like we live in a weird world where you know whatever eighty percent of everyone doesn't really give a flying crap about who you love and who you you know whatever. But we still have this little percentage minority that we still play the game with. So like breaking part of breaking the boundaries is that. And in another five years, maybe it's not going to get mentioned at all, which it shouldn't be an issue in the first place. But like, that's what I mean, though. It's like good for you. Good move for yourself personally. And also just like I said, somewhere maybe there's a 10 year old kid sitting there that like, you know, now that you're getting to puberty, it's becoming more awkward knowing, you know, that maybe you're not wanting to date the girls like everyone else is talking about or whatever else. And knowing yeah. that you have the, your teammates and your, you know, your people around you to surround yourself by allies in which I think more people are more susceptible to that. Not like people we know that maybe are older and they had no one, you know what I mean? Right. Like no one to give them the support. It's just huge for me. Yep. I do, you know, and we all have a personal thing with whatever, whether it's, you know, your friends, your family, you have someone and absolutely think of their struggles. So. All good people, all great people. And I would not, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, exactly. So good for you, kid, coming out. You know what, though? I do, I can't, I will be remiss before we go on to like that Patreon and all that, though, is during the, Probably. we were talking about the draft, we did not talk. Uh, did you have something yet to say about, um, why in the frig would the Montreal Canadiens draft oh, that Jesus. Logan Milo? I just, we have to mention it. Just, we've been talking about the, whole Blackhawks thing. Yeah, we'll keep, keep it quick because we're running out of time. But yeah, more documents came out about that this week, you know what I mean, about plaintiff stuff. But then this kid withdraws himself from the draft because of the shit that went down with sharing photos without consent and all this other. I mean, you guys know, I'm sure, what went on. But what is up with the Canadians to actually still draft him? Like, they uh, literally did not give him long enough to actually show he had reformed any kind of character before they welcomed him in. And then I thought, mm, well, Bergevin is in Montreal, so maybe yeah. that's... Yeah, I thought, I thought it was... not really care about these things. I thought it was very weird itself, too. And, and the backlash from the media was even more stranger. Yeah, and Montreal, some of Montreal's fans, like some of them, like what in the actual hell? Like yeah. you didn't even wait until next year when the draft was in Montreal, kind of thing. You just what a what a mixed bag of emotions for Montreal. So you lose the Stanley Cup, you almost lost Carey Price to the freaking uh, Seattle expansion draft, and then you drafted a player that you didn't that didn't want to be drafted because he believes he needs to work on things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could at least let him wait you know you could have at least made sure he apologized to this person first before you just like it's no big the sad thing is though is this goes part of breaking the mold right how are we ever going to break the like stereotype mold in this country that athletes are on a higher plane than anybody if there's never real repercussions for them when they're young this is right that's why like I'm certainly not defending Austin Matthews craziness a couple years ago. You know what I mean? When he was drunk. That's ridiculous. You shouldn't do it. 
but is a lot less um, overall harmful, I guess, than actually like showing people, you know, acts and whatever on other people. I don't know how to word it right now, but like that, not that that makes it right. But again, if you give consequences to these super elite athletes when they're young and teach them how to be, I know it can be done because there's many very well-respected young people coming up in these organizations that don't act like crazy people. There has to be a boundary between privilege, right? And responsibility and get taught that. Cause if you don't get taught at 18, yeah, everybody deserves a second chance, but you also, I don't care at any age, like after the age of like 13, like you should need to be accountable of your actions for being such an asshole. Like you just do. Right. That's just me. And I hope Montreal gets held accountable for their actions. I hope this kid sucks. <laughs> No, no, I agree I with you. I don't wish ill on anybody, but still, like, All what right. the fuck? It was a weird week. All right, so dates to keep an eye on. We've got real dates now. Um, but this week is free agency all day, like you said. Uh, 12 o'clock, signing period start. Uh, uh, RF, RFAs obviously get retained to their own teams, but the UFAs, are there will be some people get snapped up pretty quick, I think. Um then we have this week also, not this week, but the week after uh, that the Bruins development camps coming up. So maybe we might see some of these. Sometimes you see the draftees show up to these kind of camps. So maybe we yeah. can see a little tape on them or at least descriptions from any media members that might be able to be in there. Um, and that's going to bring us just waiting around, hoping people are getting signed that the team is uh, shaping up till we get till September. But right now, those are the key dates. We're now. still... Our black and gold uh, productions uh, company is still waiting on word. We did have uh, conversations about media access for development camp, but uh, when the PR got back to me, uh, he mentioned that uh, they still don't know what they're going to do about protocols. Are they just going to have um, higher end media attend while like bloggers and writers and podcasters like ourselves um, might not be have access. So uh, waiting to hear back from them. Hopefully I hear something soon. But um, and we don't even know if it's going to be open to the public yet. So remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer for that. But we'll see. Yeah, I know. Maybe but you know what? There's always camp. next year. So yeah, maybe regular camp might be have better protocols and everything in place. And there's another avenue. But that's that, I think. Do you have any other things that you can think of? No, I just no. I do want to talk about our Patreon campaign that we have going on. So if you want to get involved in these awesome jerseys, this is a, a Derek Sanderson jersey, and uh, it's fully signed and fully authenticated just for a dollar, guys. We give away one of these jerseys every month, and we have jerseys till uh, mid-2022. So... Um, it's a dollar per episode. We do, like I said, we do about four episodes a month. We possibly might do a little bit more, but it's a small investment out of your pocket to help us, uh, a sport, small sports media company. But we roll half of your contributions into new, new prizes. So we give a prize away every week, and we give a jersey away every month. And this month's, uh, this week's, sorry, um, Patreon financial supporter and winner is Loretta Dubois. So. Congratulations, Loretta. Thank you so much for your contribution. Truly appreciate that. Please go to the uh, the link below. Um, I, and, and we have it in the show notes, too, if uh, if our um, 
audio listeners are only paying attention, but can't see everything on the screen for the YouTubers. But yeah, go there, click there and support us. And we'll um, hopefully send you um, a nice Bruins related prize. So. All right. That being said, thank you, McCulley, for joining our Patreon yes. earlier in the day. We saw that. So thank you very much for joining the fun. Yeah, we got, I think this month we had five new Patreons, including um, McCulley Martin. So I right. uh, truly appreciate everybody. So we'll just make sure we keep that list updated. We'll make sure at least once a month that we give the shout out. Yep. So, yay, congratulations to Loretta. Um, I'm sorry where my brain went the second half of this podcast. I don't know what's going on. Um, it's all right. Like I said, the power of edit. Yeah, it is what it is. So uh, that <laughs> or, being said, follow Mark. Or Boosie Mark. would say, it is what it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> follow Mark. Follow me if you feel like it. Thank you for the people who've joined following me. I don't know why I've been kind of quiet, but I appreciate you anyways, because then I get to see fun things uh, also from you. So, Rate and review. Yes, Black must, please. Podcast, please rate and review. If you can't review, at least leave a five-star rating. As we've said before, you can leave a five-star rating and leave a one-star written review. That's fine. Just five-star rating from the top, okay? Uh, let us know. If you have any actual real feedback or concerns, uh, you can email what? Black and Gold Hockey Blog at Gmail. No. Is that what it is? No, go to um, Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't remember what the email was for a second. Go to blackandgoldhockey.com. There's always content. We don't give up. There will be content every oh, yes. week coming from the Black and Gold team. Good content. Lots of good content. Those of you who are in the know know that, but you have to tell your friends and family who love the Bruins to get on board. There's, what, 10, 9 or 10 podcasts. There's... Yep. Lots of excellent writers, dozens of excellent writers. Uh, you, you never know what you're going to get to with the interesting perspectives. Uh, you know, we're certainly not a site. I think everybody agrees all the time. As a matter of fact, sometimes I watch um, our people interacting and fighting with each other all day about Bruins-related <laughs> things. So we're just people in the, in the Bruins no, world. Passionate fans that have opinions <laughs> that we, we – we, you know, use the social platforms to get them out there. So, yeah. so definitely right. follow everyone. Do it. Rate and review. Have a good week. Hopefully, yes. we have signed some people by next weekend, and we're not the only team who did. And as happens sometimes, when you're a Bruins fan waiting for free agency, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, sharing, retweeting, all that madness that you guys do for us. It's totally appreciated. Our financial supporters on Patreon are awesome. But um, with that being said, it's another awesome week of talking to my friend Heather and talking about the Boston Bruins. So uh, please be safe and um, do what you got to do to keep this uh, keep this life trucking because we're under 90 days from uh, Boston Bruins hockey. So here we go. But uh, thanks again, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.